0: last time you did list your talk about your career journey and the different yeah. places you've worked but what is like what was the worst you don't have to name company names Ooh. what kind of environment was like the worst when it came to relationship with manager mm. versus best can you name that is it
1: i can name those i mean they're very clear to me which is also funny because i i grew up in the people in hr function uh-huh. where that's supposed to be top of mind as <laughs> you doing that relationship well for me it was very much tied to the person and them being incredibly authentic yeah so not it wasn't so much about like they could say hard things to me but I, I felt like you weren't comfortable in your own skin then how was I going to connect with uh-huh. you that's a big yeah like boulder for me I guess mm-hmm. so my best manager was probably the one that wasn't thinking every day on how to manage me well, but focused on my growth, and yeah. I felt like actually cared about my success.
0: That's interesting because I was just meeting with someone from Great Places to Work, and he, we were talking about this topic yeah. a bit, and he said, "Um, all you know, all the CEOs, CHROs, right now are asking about, of course, hybrid work and all the big, you know, the future of leadership, but also yeah. the safety and trust thing. Huge." And we kind of joked for a bit about how there's so many heady like frameworks and Mm -hmm. and thoughts around it when really if you just have a conversation with people you work with like you would a friend at the bar like that's what builds most of the safety and trust just having normal conversations where you're being yourself
1: 100 percent. and to your point we didn't I felt like I didn't have a name for that yeah in my 20s and it was just sort of like And now I'm going
0: to build safety and trust Yeah, and I didn't know
1: what was missing and you default to Uh thinking it's you. Uh, But just sort of if I were to piece out the elements, because people would be like, oh, do you have a micromanager or a non-micromanager? And you're just sort of like, I don't know what that looks like. I Uh just know whether or not I'm able to fail in front of someone in a healthy way versus feeling like no matter what I do, it'll always be wrong. Yeah. So it's like I could identify with the feeling and experience uh-huh. versus like, what do you call
0: that? <laughs> yes. I was like,
1: I don't know what you call that. Yeah.
0: So hey. Yeah. In some ways, I think in the my best instances of like a manager relationship, it actually felt like the the place where there was the most trust where I could actually go. It's like, this. you're the person I trust to go do with my bigger questions. Totally. I
1: always said my... I, so I would coach a lot of managers who were like, how do I keep my people? There's this idea of yeah. actively keeping people. And I said, the person that can share with you that they're not sure what's next for them and they might want to leave, that's the person that's going to stick around.
0: Isn't that funny? But that's what we're all scared of. Like, so, I know. It, I admit that even myself. I, I want to and it, um, I strive to be the person who is comfortable with all that. But it is scary. It, yeah. It's like this weird well, if I bring it up, then they're going to leave. (laughs) It's like, no, they're already thinking about their path anyway.
1: Yeah, and it creates space in the relationship, is my point. But
0: Okay, so what was your, like, give me a little of the background story of your experiences with one-on-ones and feedback and the topics we're talking about today.
1: So my experience is that we all think of feedback and one-on-ones based on what we've seen, Uh which tends to be just sort of tactical and cold.
0: Uh I guess that's
1: the word I would use. You're like, oh, yeah, feedback. As soon as I always, by the way, anytime anyone says feedback, there's this dual thing that happens where they immediately go, oh, yeah, I think feedback's great. We all need to be doing it more. But no one's excited to do it. Uh (laughs) Um, I'm like, so like we're all just like, yeah, it's over there. (laughs) Woohoo. It's like the exercise conversation. Like, I know this thing is good for me, so I hope someone else does it.
0: Yeah, my favorite, my current favorite comedian online, he had a clip yesterday where he was like doing the eulogy at a friend's funeral. And he goes, and it was the persona was like way too corporate guy doing the eulogy. And so he starts it (laughs) off by going, and I remember in our last one on one. When we were sharing some feedback with each other, <laughs> it was just, like, so cringeworthy. Yes! Because yes. no
1: one wants to feel like you're doing that. It shouldn't feel like... If it feels like actual feedback, then it's probably a little too loaded and awkward and clunky. Yeah. So I think my big thing is taking a concept and how is it that you just bring it down to the daily things that you are doing uh-huh. and just 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 work it in. Yeah, But it's so funny how... That it ends up being like, well, I'll get to feedback when I have all this time to plan it out. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. That's cute.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And even (laughs) if you do it, like when I do approach that way, it becomes too big and loaded.
1: Well, or you run into a question and so you let the whole thing fall apart. Yeah. When I'm like, a lot of it is just about action. So feedback and one on ones are two ways to just keep conversations going.
0: Yeah. It's exactly what it is. So maybe we should just like, dive into some of the practical part because I'm curious your thoughts on like when you're coaching or consulting, what do you recommend people do with these things? Because I know there's a lot of different approaches. Yeah. We kind of have a typical way that we talk about it. I want you to be the mouthpiece for how I want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> at least, at least you're being honest about it. But so like, like, could you talk about the things that I think are great and what people should do? Yeah, exactly. I
0: hope but so. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if yeah. you're just coaching or consulting and the leader's like, all right, what do we do? What do you recommend with this stuff? Where do you start?
1: Yeah. So I would say there's a little bit of teaching people how to normalize and take feedback and like whatever the phrase is for decapitalize, like just make it a smaller word. Mm -hmm. Just calm down with your mindset that you have about it. And I'd probably talk about one-on-ones first because it's likely that they're happening. Just you might not have thought intentionally about how they're happening and what their value is. My biggest thing is it has to have value. And if if your default is, oh, a one-on-one or a status update, it's not valuable. I'm like, because that shouldn't be your one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just it's, that's when they
0: get skipped or yeah, or and you devalued.
1: One-on-ones have to be this like absolute like hard lines around keeping those for uh-huh. the manager and employee to think of that is really valuable time to talk about. I always think about like when people say, "Well, we shouldn't be doing status updates and talk about the work." Like, but you should be talking about how things are going. Yeah. It's the place we all are very comfortable talking about goals. Like, what should we do? What happens next? But do we ever talk about then what happened? Yeah. So that's right. what a one-on-one should be. So what's what's working? Mm-hmm. What's not? I mean, you and, you and I talk about this, about those two questions. Yeah. You feel like you're on repeat bringing them up, but- asking them is just
0: but it always matters it's always it relevant <laughs> and it's always and it's the a, stuff that builds up if you don't talk about it
1: if those were the only two questions that both people by the way in a one on one it has to be that both people are committed it can't be a one way conversation that's uh-huh. the other thing that i see when i'm talking to people is yeah. like in my one on ones with my employees uh-huh. they need to set the agenda and i'm like well i get that thinking of you think you're creating ownership but you sh- everyone should come into that meeting knowing what the point of it is.
0: Okay, that that part is interesting to me because in my yeah. experience, A, a lot of jobs where one-on-ones were not a thing at all.
1: Oh, fair.
0: <laughs> a lot of places don't even do it or know about it. But when I had them, it seemed to be one of those two extremes. Either yeah. it was like the boss coming in, I'm going to blab at you and tell you stuff mm-hmm. or, or just give you feedback. Or the other way, and this one actually bugged me more, at least if the boss was blabbing at me I knew what they were thinking Yeah, but when it was okay. the other way and they would usually we see this a lot in coaching people are like so um how you doing like what do you need from me no and it's with right? good intentions those questions have the best intentions but they're they create this super awkward like I don't know how to answer that and yeah. now it's all one way me to you and, yeah. and I've only ever experienced you know with people who managed me those yeah. two extremes
1: And I think I've had managers that said, hey, I want our one on ones to be focused on where you're getting stuck. Mm -hmm. And maybe we used it as a triaging place. So that's that to me at the time was helpful because I knew what was expected of me coming in. Uh But it wasn't focused on on me holistically or the work holistically. So in a lot of ways, not to make it about two meetings, I think there are two different meetings. Okay, you get like people would be like check ins. Uh are literally like triaging you could call them stand-ups call them whatever you want triage away
0: that's the status update like i'm talking about the work stuff
1: a one-on-one needs to be more reflective more thoughtful yeah and those two questions if those are the only two questions you walk in with create for a valuable Mm. reflection and discussion moment
0: yeah
1: and and it's that could be every other week
0: Uh uh-huh what do you think the right balance i i Truly struggle with this sometimes when it's.
1: I'm okay. sure you do, Steve. That's why I'm here. To help. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's pretty much all the things. <laughs> the balance of some of that feedback and reacting to what's yeah. been happening versus more developmental, like where do you want to go, developing you in your career, types of conversations, kind yeah. of the backwards versus the forward.
1: Yeah. What's the part you struggle with? Is is going to be the right natural. balance? Like yeah. what? Okay. how
0: How? Um, yeah. Maybe it's a frequency thing, like mm-hmm. how much of one to do versus the other. Yeah.
1: I have an absolute opinion. Okay. <laughs> I would say feedback should be happening a lot more. And then the development conversation actually needs to be intentionally given some breathing room and some space for things to marinate, grow, develop, yeah. shift. Yeah. I think that's where
0: every week. Yeah. So what you, are you thinking now? Exactly. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's what are you a little now? bit
1: like, am I because then it prompts the the more Imposter syndrome thinking of, should I have thought of something else? Is this an okay career path? makes people question maybe what they've already shared with you. Mm-hmm. So it's important to open up the conversation about people's development and where they're finding energy and where they're finding excitement in their work, which, by the way, helps them figure out what they might want to do. Not yeah. everyone can answer that question.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Um, that to me is an awesome conversation, but it's not one that you can keep tapping people yeah. constantly on. Um because it's just, it should be a little bit more absolute. Yeah. Whereas feedback is, it's to me like the the tweaking mm-hmm. of the, okay, we had a goal. And feedback is, well, did the thing happen that we meant to happen? Uh-huh. Are we working together as well as we thought we would? Yeah. So you're really just checking the reality against what you had hoped. Yeah. That's how I think of feedback is yeah. when people are like, you have to give a person feedback. I'm like, how about I say the thing that is happening
0: Uh-huh. and yeah. I yeah. just
1: do that rather than focusing on it being like mm.
0: you're good oh bad. sorry this is a
1: podcast I did thumbs up or thumbs down <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a video cast as well <laughs> um yeah I like that because uh it, there's so much that when we're spending so much time working with other people of course there's lots of Things that go well or don't go well, For sure. And there's annoyances. I always think about the annoyances too. Like I'm going to annoy you, you're going to annoy me, and if it all just builds and we can never actually like get any of it on the table, that's what causes so many big problems that never needed to be big problems. Yeah. And I like the idea yeah. of just a constant flow of conversation, like something we often do at greenhouses right after we're done doing a workshop. We just kind of t- check in with each other. Yeah. All right, what went well? What didn't? Like, what? How are you feeling about that? So you can kind of just vent it and and move forward versus anything building unnecessarily.
1: I I love that. I will say when I joined Greenhouse too, that was one of the early things that I I saw that a lot of times it's like we espouse, we espouse these things, but it was very much ingrained to the culture of if I'm meeting with you and we're sitting down, you're going to say, hey, can I give you some thoughts and feedback? And I I love that I came to expect that and you're going to ask the same of me that it became an absolute norm yeah. for how we sit down together and it wasn't
0: It makes it easier. It's not it, so scary and weird. It's just like that's how we And
1: it, it literally only takes like two or, like two or three times mm-hmm. that you get like, "Oh yeah, here's what I was thinking." I don't even have to be prepared. Yeah. It it just becomes more of a natural way of working. Yeah. So it is that slight The first time someone has to articulate it, probably Uh the manager to say, hey, in our one on ones, I want you to come with what you're seeing that's working, what you see that's not. I'm going to do the same. Yeah. And then let's talk about it. Yeah. Like that. Let's set that. Let's
0: try it out. Yeah. Even that teeing up is so helpful to say, hey, this is a thing we're going to try. Then it just it it diffuses any of the weirdness around Mm -hmm. it. And then you can adjust and you can talk about. Even if we want to change the way we did that, but just calling out, hey, this is a thing we're going to try, um, setting expectations, like come, you know, come to our conversation with these kind of thoughts and yeah. we're going to share both ways. I even tell leaders like as soon as someone, especially if they report to you, if they give you feedback, you say, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is what you start with. And then you actually take it in or say, yeah, I want to work on that or I'm going to think about that. Yeah. Versus defending and fighting back, yeah. Which
1: explaining yourself sends a
0: huge message yeah. of never share feedback with your manager.
1: Oh, 100%. You have to... And that's where I very much... When I even say... It doesn't even have to be about something that your manager is doing. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection exercise. Yeah. So it can be, well, when you did this, I felt X, so I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. You don't have to have the solution either. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's the other pressure yeah. is like, I'm going to share this feedback and I don't know what I want. Well, just share the experience, and that's input and data for that person to have.
0: Yeah. It's like the biggest mistake is getting too busy to have these conversations. Yes. Yeah. And of course, if they're a big, built up, hour long thing, it can feel that way. So yeah. I, I like your point about it can also be small and quick. Yeah. But I've dealt with that so much too, where it feels like, oh, it's too busy. There's too much going on to have that conversation. And
1: if you're, I find when I'm working with people managers specifically, and they're struggling with like, when they're going to kick off this new practice, let's say, of okay, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to be better, you know, whenever. I say, ask your person to hold you accountable. Like, they're there for you also. You say, hey, next time we have a one-on-one, like, remind me that I wanted to talk through these two areas. Yeah, That's okay to make it a partnership in how you're holding each other accountable Uh to having these conversations. Like, call me out.
0: I love that. And when it comes to developing somebody... Mm. What are your thoughts on how someone starts with that? Because that can also feel too big. Like, oh, yeah. my gosh, what are your dreams in life? Like, that feels like such a huge question. But so totally. where do I start in developing the people that I lead? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think that's a big burden that people can really put on themselves. And it, how is it that you're thinking of yourself more as a facilitator of that conversation, not the, the person with the answer? Uh-huh. So that's where this element of being a manager, I think we put a lot of, or leader, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to have the answers, Mm -hmm. but how, if you shift that mindset of thinking, how do I facilitate a conversation around this person's growth? So when they say, I think I might want to work more with clients and work on presenting Uh rather than, I think sometimes we go really quick down into like, what's a conference I could send you to? And (laughs) those are all, those are all I'll just say fine or like whatever ideas. They're they're ideas, but the more you can tie those development aims to the actual work that uh-huh. someone's doing to let to give them credit for they're building a skill set. Yeah, and it's not just about how many certifications you have gotten or whatever. <laughs> right. Which I hope you will never just list off and talk about in your future <laughs> life because people don't they don't care. Yeah, uh, it's, it's in some element. It's really around these people are growing their skill sets. So how do you say, I see that you're presenting in this forum, do you wanna also present here? Cause I yeah. know you care about being more external facing. Yeah. So we don't always connect the dots between these long-term aims and these short-term things that are happening. That's that's what yeah. I've seen. I,
0: I agree, I think that um, it's really helpful when it's just, all right, so what are you interested in right now? What yeah. do you wanna do more of in your role or less of? And those small tweaks actually uh, not only develop that person but in terms of the fears that the leader has, it it gives you just insight into what they're thinking about and where they're headed. Yeah. Way before there's any kind of change. Yep. And you made me think about the times I've seen in organizations where a leader is surprised, and it's a it's a problem that somebody is like, "I'm out." Yeah. yeah or I'm yeah. making a big change. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a surprise. That's the problem. Yeah. (laughs) Versus when there's been a year of discussion leading in that direction. So you're not surprised. In fact, it's actually a really good situation where you've helped them get where they want to go and they're actually going to say great things about you wherever they are next. Like that's actually the norm now. We shouldn't be so, I feel like a lot of the stuff we avoid because we're afraid if we bring it up, then something's going to change and disrupt yeah. what's normal Yeah, and
1: <laughs> it's like this mentality of we have all the you know we, uh, no news is good news mm-hmm. and i'm like or you don't have any intel
0: it's bad news because you yeah. don't know what's already in their head I, or going on <laughs> yeah
1: and it's it's yeah. definitely i think it's always about asking more specific questions sometimes like we ask very big open-ended questions that make a person like choose am i in mm-hmm. or am i out but like what say you, more about okay, that. Sure, I think that's sure. actually a
0: huge topic there. It,
1: and feedback is is a specific area that I see this. So when uh-huh. someone's like, Do you have any feedback for me?
0: <laughs> no. Like that
1: requires me to it requires more work on me. Uh-huh. You've just said like, Yeah. Toss me some feedback, and I'm like, oh great. It's too big. It, it's a big question that also I don't really know what you're asking me for. So uh-huh. I've had I've had first thing I would say is if you're looking for more feedback, use the word suggestions to mm-hmm. normalize it. Do you have any more suggestions for how I could show up better in the meeting, mm-hmm. or do you have any more suggestions as to where you need me more or where you could use a little bit less guidance? Yeah, like I'm giving you, <laughs> I'm giving you a filter. Yep. With my questions, so I'm all about more specific filtered questions. Yeah. In so not even feedback related in all things.
0: Yeah, you made me think even like, hey, could you could you give me some feedback versus hey, could you give me feedback about how I showed up in that meeting that yep. just happened yesterday? Totally, That's so much more specific for my brain to go to and think and to your point, filter and, and give you something.
1: And to avoid that misalignment of, you might have been actually asking for a pat on the back because you didn't feel like I was effusive enough. Uh-huh. So, Uh-huh. But I think you're actually asking me for specific suggestions. And that's yeah. where yeah. we have our two ways of talking that the, the more specific you can be with your questions, the better feedback you're going to receive. Yeah. So that's where it's like a nice two-way street. Too. Okay.
0: I'm thinking about when you teach on um, one-on-ones yeah. in a workshop with with a company, you have a nice slide that I always like that talks about the three different mm. um, types of development. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah. The
1: three—it's the three different types of feedback. Not to like or, sorry, correct feedback. you, but yes. you know. <laughs> it's, so it's it's perfectly articulated. Pretty much in that example, when someone says, "Hey, can you give me some feedback?" There's pretty much three different flavors. I'll say mm-hmm. of feedback. Uh, it could be appreciation, so praise and recognition is what someone is looking for.
0: Uh-huh.
1: There's constructive and developmental, which is more the tweaking element of. This could be different. This could be more or less. Uh And then there's evaluation. Thumbs up or thumbs down. How am I doing? Yeah. And those are three different flavors of feedback. And you should be doling out and receiving all three. Okay. Evaluation, by the way, is usually like a performance review, is the loudest. Yeah. It is the loudest and most anxiety-inducing for Mm -hmm. both individuals on Mm -hmm. either end of it. So that should be the most intentional and thoughtful feedback that you give the other two meaning appreciation and developmental those are the things that you should be like working and grinding in your one-on-ones all day all every the day. time yeah. yeah those are those are i speak those in slack
0: <laughs> like yeah. those, those to me
1: become <laughs> just a part of your uh-huh. your way of talking to people okay so that that's to me where i'm like a big believer in There's not just one definition of feedback. There's different flavors of it. Make sure you know what someone's asking for. All
0: right. I'm just, I'm enjoying this conversation myself, but I'm thinking, what is the big picture? So for someone, you know, we've worked with some clients where they have never even heard of one-on-ones. They've never had any kind of rhythm for feedback or any of this stuff we're talking about. Developing people, it's all new territory. So, um. I'm thinking from their shoes, like, yeah. why does this stuff matter in the first place? Yeah, what does that's, it solve? You know?
1: It's a great point, because I, I think there's a lot of observations and beliefs that a lot of leaders have. Like, why does no one care about this as much as me? Uh-huh. Or why are these people not delivering on this thing? I told them what to do. And there's this huge gap. Mm-hmm. Of, like, we have, like, you have to, like, <laughs> bear some of the burden in that disconnect between what you said and what's happening and bring together a conversation with Mm -hmm. your people. And that that to me is where I think there's a belief system that one on ones are for the other person. We're like they're for your business and making it work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like
1: it's the actual part where things go down the river and yeah, there's like the ownership
0: problem and we hear that all the time. How do I get people to be owners in their work and think like an owner? And then there's the um the the development the development side of it makes yeah. me think about engagement and people's potential like they they only you have these great people yeah. they're only really doing a fraction of what they're capable totally. of and you're like oh maybe if I move them in this other role they'll be better or oh they don't fit and actually so much of that potential can be tapped into just through like these having, types of conversations yeah just having
1: like a little bit more attention and rigor. To the smaller day-to-day conversations. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's that day-to-day feeling <laughs> that people, I mean, that's what you, we get up and do each day. We don't always have those giant moments where we're like, woohoo, we yeah. killed it. But if you have that day-to-day belief that, hey, we are going to work through this stuff together, mm-hmm. it's really just, that's what one-on-ones and feedback are just saying, let's figure this out together in a way that is a little bit smarter than what we've been doing.
0: Yeah. Okay. And where does someone start if they're brand new to it?
1: Well, I guess I would first say, make sure you're having intentional one-on-ones. Meaning
0: schedule them.
1: Yes. Put them on the calendar. Talk to your person about what your hopes are for that conversation, Uh what their hopes are. Have a moment where you don't pretend you know every single answer (laughs) and that you're trying something out. Yeah. So it's it's it really is all about doing it and giving yourself the space to say and in 3 months let's check in and see if this is still mm-hmm. you know working or if there's a better way of doing it. It could be the frequency could be looked at. You could look at maybe just let's start with every other week for 30 minutes, but let's not cancel it. Yeah. It just you have to you have to put some some skin in the game mm-hmm. to, in order to be able to get things working. They don't just happen magically.